Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to this first Sunday of Christmas at Portsmouth Union Community Church. I'm Pastor Courtney, and it's so wonderful to be with you on this day of Christmas, December 27th. I have a few announcements for you all. First of all, remember that on January 3rd, it's a chance for us to share communion together. So during first Sundays of prayers of the people, bring your bread and juice. So on Sunday, January 3rd, make sure to bring something that represents communion for you so that we can share in God's feast together. Also mark your calendars for Sunday, January 3rd, because there will be a brief celebration and groundbreaking ceremony for Portsmouth Commons. Yay! It'll happen outdoors at the church at 4 p.m. on January 3rd. So it's one day prior to construction actually beginning after this dream has been worked on for many years and you all have put in so much time and energy and prayer and funding and all of it. Um, Church members only should plan to attend, please, to limit the number gathered. And uh, you all should be prepared to be physically distanced and properly masked and dressed for weather. So stay tuned for more details about how to connect uh, in that celebration. All the info is also on Facebook and your newsletters. You'll be sure to hear about it. We're still continuing our Wednesday feeding program. And as always, you are more than welcome to volunteer. We need volunteers. And please, please, during this weather, especially the season of giving, hand warmers are a huge commodity and much needed and like gold. So think about hand warmers or anything else that you might want to contribute, food, comfort items, those kinds of things. And as always, thank you so much for giving of your gifts and your time and your energy and especially your financial giving. Um, think about giving automatically through uh, ACH or online or by check or consider giving to PUC as an end of year gift. Perhaps you can still get that in to continue to help us grow in our mission. So on that note, let's pray. Oh, Holy One, we have lit all of the candles. We have celebrated your birth. And now, just a few days after, we are here to continue to bask in the light of Christmas, rejoicing that you have entered the world. Continue to walk with us, relax with us, and rest as we gather in ways that we can and are safe or just standing in front of that lit candle, remembering who you are to have become flesh incarnate in our world. In your name, amen. Um, I've chosen two scripture readings for us today. The first one being from Isaiah chapter 61, verses 10 through chapter 62, verse 3. So hear these words from the prophet Isaiah. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God. For God has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up 
before all the nations. For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until her vindication shines out like the dawn, and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication, and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. And our gospel reading today comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they, Mary and Joseph, offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, for which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what had been said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Hear what the Spirit is saying through the scriptures. Thanks be to God. Well, here we are, the first Sunday of Christmas. So for many of you, you probably have started to kind of wind down Christmas, even though we have 12 days of Christmas. We have until January 6th, two Sundays of Christmas, till Epiphany to really fully celebrate this season. So I always advocate, just FYI, to keep up your decorations and enjoy for these 12 days so we can fully celebrate. Don't put it all away just yet. I know so many of us are tempted, like the season is done, we put away our decorations, but I always like to kind of bask in what is in this season of Christmas. And we have gathered as best we can online. 
I don't know about you, but I think I've been missing the singing the most. And here we have two servants of God singing to Jesus and a rare occasion in which Jesus is outlined as a child. In this season of Christmas, I think what we're reminded about, I'll just put this out there, is that there's revelation that is still continuously happening with this baby Jesus in the midst of a very dark time in the state of Jerusalem and Israel, but also in our time, it's still very dark. Even though the light has begun to return, it's still rather dark. And yet in the midst of the season, we still have this amazing revelation. Let me back up a little bit. So in the Jewish context, in the tradition, there was a whole set of rituals after a baby was born, very much outlined by the days that happen alongside. So after eight days after Jesus was born, he would have been circumcised. And on that particular Jewish ritual day, he would have also been named. And so they would have gathered their friends and families, grandmas and grandpas and cousins and extended cousins and friends would have all come to the home. Circumcision at that time, pre 900 AD, happened in the home. It was a home ritual. So just a little over a week that Jesus is born. And um, so he'll have this ritual happen. And then they name him and they name him a very common name. They name him Jesus or Yeshua or Joshua, if we were to take it Greek or Hebrew, which was like naming a child John or Mary or something very, very common kind of every day. So they take this very like ritualistic moment. They name him something that everyone can call him. And the baby would have screamed. I don't know if you know about circumcision, but it's not a pleasant ritual. And grandparents would have cooed and great food would have been eaten. And it would have been just kind of an everyday thing that reminds us of how human this baby is. He feels pain, but he's also part of the communal makeup. And this would have all happened within the week. So think about whenever he's born, that happening very soon after. And then 31 days after that, it said that if you have a firstborn boy child, he's to be taken to the temple, a sacrifice to be given, and then he's dedicated to the Lord. So Jesus, as the firstborn male child of this family, would need to be dedicated at the temple because he's going to be the child that picks up all inheritance. He's going to become the patriarch of the family. He has a very important role just by being male and being the firstborn. So if he had been female, he would not have been dedicated at the temple. It only is the firstborn male child. So again, this family, very typical Jewish family, right when they need to, they take their son, their about a month old son to the temple to be dedicated. Soon after this, the temple would also affirm Mary's purification for women after birth were impure, unclean for 40 days. So part of that sacrifice and that ritual is also allowing Mary to kind of re-enter society. Her child has been named, he has been marked, he has been dedicated to the Lord. All to remind us from the Gospel of Luke's perspective, this is a very human family. This is a very um, traditionally Jewish family. They are doing everything that they're supposed to do. They are sacrificing and they are having this very normal family response to having a newborn. And the family is taking the steps that they need to, and they appear at the temple, probably ragged and worn again, because they've made a journey again. 
and they've been through a whole process in his birth. And now they've been through all of the rituals of birth and he is named to the temple. And what happens at the temple is that Simeon sees them. And all of a sudden this massive revelation happens where Simeon knows that this is the promised Messiah. And he sings because sometimes all we can do is sing. I don't know about you, but I have been singing for days just when the spirit moves, bursting into song. Like I said, probably the the thing I miss the most about not gathering in person is being able to sing together. And so Simeon sings. And while you would think it'd be a song of joy, and it is on some level, it's also a song of ending in this life. He's been looking forward to what was promised to him in passing from this life into the next in this amazing way. And so what's echoed in this revelation is also what will come, what we anticipate will come. So out of joy is also this pain of what Mary will experience. Out of recognizing the Messiah is also a recognition of what revelation will come. And Simeon's not alone. Anna joins in because in all of her years, she has not seen anything like this. And she sings and the voices combined, I can only imagine, are full of mixed emotions and mixed feelings, but also of this revealing of what God is doing. And their songs echo what Mary has sung in the Magnificat, a a song of revolution and resistance, which in turn echoes what Elizabeth and Zechariah have sung in the beginning of Luke, a song of what is being foretold and prophecy, which all echo Hannah's song when she is yearning for Samuel, also a song of revolution and resistance and protest for what God will do in upending everything. It's so full, this moment. It's so revealing, this moment. It's so confusing, this moment. And yet it's so full of potential, jam-packed to the gills. It's almost when we baptize children, it's that ritualistic in its nature and that humanistic, but also that divine. One of my favorite baptisms, I love presiding at baptisms. It's one of my favorite things that I do, especially baptizing babies, because we in the Methodist church believe that the grace of God is already before us. And we use baptism as a way to claim that already being part of God's family and God's community. It's something that God has already sprinkled on us or dunked us in full immersion And so we as Methodists and as combined Methodists and community, as disciples of Christ and Methodists, as this big conglomeration, we believe that all are claimed by God and community, that we love everyone, that grace is offered to all peoples. And so we baptize as children or as adults in a form, different form of ways. And um, I love baptizing babies because They are our windows into God. They are fresh from God. They are a glimpse into God. Our Celtic roots would tell us that babies are the closest thing we have to seeing the divine here and now through their new lenses. They are born full of goodness and light and from God. So I love baptizing babies because it allows us to affirm that in them and to tell them they don't have to do anything for the people of God to surround them and raise them up together. One of my favorite baptisms um, was when I was asked to baptize 
who I call my niece, um, a chosen niece, not a bio niece. Uh, she's a daughter of another pastor, if you know Pastor Clay Andrew in Hillsboro. And Clay and his wife Jen had asked me to baptize little Claire when she was one year old, when she was just a year old. And we got together and we talked about what this meant for us and what it meant for me to be able to baptize her. And I was holding her in worship. Um, she was propped, you know, she was sitting on my hip, fully aware at one year old of what was kind of going on, but not fully aware of what was going on. This was a fun thing. And we were in front of the congregation and in front of the waters. And as I was speaking the words over the waters and our liturgy that we have and raising my hand above the waters, I saw this little hand also raise above the waters. And she reached out as we were blessing the water and she herself got to bless the waters that would bless her and in turn bless us. And something that we had totally taken for granted as ritualistic and something that we just do as the church, all of a, all of a sudden became a moment of revelation in which she, the child, revealed to us our humanness, but also the divine in us. She, in this ritual, revealed to us a moment, a glimpse in which the space was thin and heaven and earth met. And in this time of Christmas, hopefully there are these moments of revelation in the midst of our humanness. Yes, there are moments of stress and anxiety and we live in a weird time, but the good news is that there are also moments of revelation if we pay attention, if we listen to the songs of our elders, of those who are leaving this life and passing on the mantle to those entering this world, if we listen to what the young are telling us, if we listen to our centeredness and our hearts, we will find moments of God revealed in us. Emmanuel, God with us, is now walking on earth with us as fully human and fully divine. And that is good news, friends. So may this time of Christmas be full of peace and joy and love and hope. May you find yourself finding God in revelations near and far as we hunker down, as we rest, as we sit in front of the Christmas tree, as we bask in what was Christmas. May you find yourself singing these days during Christmas, this revelation bubbling up before you, knowing that you sit on the shoulders of those who have come before you singing songs of revolution and protest full of God, knowing what God can and will do. May you see the world turn upside down during the season of Christmas and not forget if it's a full season and our work is just beginning. Let us pray. Oh, Holy One, gracious and loving God, we thank you for a moment to bask in your glory that you might be revealed to us. Meaning in our day-to-day, -day, may you kind of jolt us out of the ho-hum just so that we might glimpse something extraordinary to remind us of our humanness and of the divine. Allow us rest this day so that we might be ready to do the work of Christmas once everything is put away 
that we might look towards what you might be calling us to do, moving even more towards the cross. Allow us to be part of your revolution. In your holy name, amen. I have a few questions for you as we wrap this time up. So how does Christmas continue to reveal itself to you? Then this is a time for you to discuss this. What have you seen in these days you wouldn't normally see? Or what did you pay attention to that you might not normally? Did something happen during Christmas that just kind of jolted you out of that space? What does it mean for you that Jesus is just like us, as human as humanly possible? But also, what does it mean for you that Jesus is divine and is recognized as divine? So enjoy the conversation. It has been good to be with you, and I will see you again. Ciao.